I was walking through an Old West graveyard in Colorado. And on the side of a dusty hill near abandoned mines, I started walking through and saw markers, large markers, some fallen over. There were dozens of men and women buried there, probably some well-known, some not, some old, some young, tough settlers and pioneers from the Old West. I'm sure a few scoundrels. Many of the graves had a scripture or description on them. Have you ever thought about what you want your grave marker to say? Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, had this written on her gravestone. It says this, end of construction. Thank you for your patience. What if your gravestone simply said, he finished strong? I think that sounds about right. But how does that happen? It's called endurance. It's Brave Man with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Welcome to Brave Men. I'm Paul Cole, and here with my partner in crime, Brian Boyd, and this is Brave Men. Yay. So how are you today, Brian? This is a great day. It is a good day. Thanks, Paul. Waking up is a good thing. <laughs> it is. It's, it beats the opposite. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I'm really, it's, uh, I mentioned this on the, on a really early podcast, but you know, you can wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and beat yourself yeah. up, but there's plenty of other people that do it throughout <laughs> the day. So no reason to do that. That's no. so good. You know, endurance, you know, I, I, uh, I'm day. actually up in Colorado today and, and, uh, yeah. man, walking through that old graveyard was really something. Cause you wonder how are any of these people remembered? What's their family line does, hmm. you know, and what are people going to say about me? Uh, mm -hmm. You could be 16 right now and still use that as a framework, right? What are people going to say about me someday? And I think it, it frankly, it helps me, Brian, in thinking about, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to push through this thing today because it's actually going to make a difference for somebody, you know, 70 years from now. Yeah. I think everything makes a difference. Hey, there were a couple other ones. What's in, what's, what's. There were a couple of other ones real quick. There was one in a, I looked this up. Go ahead. And in a Georgia cemetery, there's a gravestone that says, I told you I was sick. Oh, come on. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the guy, Ezekiel Akel, age 102. And it says underneath it, it says, the good die young. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. What's, what's endurance? Mean? I don't know if that was a slam on him or what. What's, what's, um, well, you know, I think endurance, uh, what's endurance mean in this concept? you know, I think endurance is, is staying after it. I think most men quit. I, I believe that because okay. things are internal first and then external, that most men quit internally because of external issues. Yeah. They hit obstacles, they hit situations. They've tried three times to start a business, whatever it may be. And they quit rather than trying to find a way through. They just say, in fact, I think, Brian, there are men in jobs that are just going through the motions that they've essentially quit, even though they're still alive. There's a famous saying that is, I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said, uh, most men die at 30. We just bury them at 60. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because they quit going after it. And I think endurance for me is going after what it is that you were made to be while you were yeah. placed on earth. So I, I've got- You ever see a- uh, You ever- Yeah, for you. what is it? 
Oh so, yeah. Is it, I'm sure it has something to do with running. Well, that'll be later in the podcast. Oh, that'll be later. <laughs> okay. What's this one? So, so the, my wife and our son and daughter recently took a little uh, mini break over a weekend and we decided to go get some, do some exercise together as a family, the four of us. Yeah. And so we went to this gym, there was a trainer and it was this, this uh, 30 minute little training thing, a lot of stretching and stuff. And part of it was doing a plank. Do you know how to, do you do planks? Yes. Okay. I don't like them. <laughs> no. So, so trust me, this gets around to endurance. So, so we do this thing and this, and he says, okay, now we're going to move your body here and you're going to do this plank. And for those of you, a, a plank is you kind of have your your toes, you're on the end of your toes and you're stretched out and you're on your elbows, um, I guess on the front and you're like a little plank. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds easy, but it's incredibly hard. You have to use all your core muscles and, and, um, it reminded me of a show <laughs> on Netflix <laughs> called, this is not biblical in any way. I apologize. Everyone listening called the uh, incredible Kimmy Schmidt and is written by Tina Fey, who, who's a mm -hmm. funny comedian. And, uh, and there's a line in this show where the, the act, the character Kimmy Schmidt says, I learned a long time ago that a person can stand about anything for 10 seconds. Then you just start a new 10 <laughs> seconds. All you've got to do is take 10 seconds at a time. 10 right, seconds so at a time. The theory, yeah, you can do, the theory is you can do anything for 10 seconds. So when I was doing yeah. my plank, I was thinking, how am I going to get through this plank, Paul? And I said, I remembered this line. You can do any, anybody can do anything for 10 seconds. So for me, that was like a little mini endurance test. Wow. Like, and I get through this plank and I just counted down from 10 and sure enough, um, you can do anything for 10 seconds. So, you know, um, that frankly though, that is such a, uh, it's a simple illustration, but it portrays something very complex I it, hope because endurance, because endurance is about doing the next thing, you know, to do mm -hmm. getting it done, then doing the next thing. And, uh, I, you know, when you talk about movies and, and television shows, one of the great stories I love is the story of uh, Harrison Ford. And, uh, you know, Harrison Ford, he's a Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. All this. Now, check this out. In 1964, he comes out to Hollywood to be an actor. He's, he's done uh, stuff in Illinois. And I think he was up in Milwaukee or someplace as a young man. He comes out in 1964, hits Hollywood. I'm going to be an actor. And uh, he did get a contract, but he every bit part that he had was somewhere in the background, no speaking parts. So he taught himself to be a carpenter in order to make ends meet. So now he's got two children married, and he's a carpenter, and he's putting a door in George Lucas's house. Yeah, okay, come on. And George yeah. Lucas, a young filmmaker, has just written American Graffiti. And so this is this is now from 64 when he gets there. This is now eight years later. Hmm. And he's putting the door in and George says to him, you, you know, and he's getting good work. He does good work. So he's getting jobs. And Lucas says to him, hey, I'll, I'll put you in a movie. And it was American Graffiti. And if anybody ever saw it, he's the guy who rolls up in a Corvette. And uh, gosh, what was the girl's name? Suzanne Summers, I think, was the girl. And hmm. so... Uh, so that was it. He gets his bit part. And then you know what? Nothing. He keeps doing doors. Now check this out. Mm -hmm. He's putting a door in, uh, in some offices again for George Lucas, four years later, he's just written a movie called store star Wars. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. 
And, and he's just written Bring, brings the first – Right. He's just written the first Star Wars. And he's casting a guy named Christopher Walken as Han Solo. Okay? So they're sitting around a table and they're reading, but Walken isn't there. And so he goes to uh, Harrison Ford. He says, hey, sit down and read this part of Han Solo. No way. No way. True story. He's fixing the oh door in a studio. Has Harrison That's Ford incredible. sit down, read the lines. After two days of reading, he absolutely falls in love with Harrison Ford. It goes, you're the guy. Now, that was that was 13 years after he arrived in Hollywood. And here's what Harrison Ford said, because now he's one of the most famous actors that's ever lived. He said, I wasn't the best actor to ever arrive in Hollywood. I just stuck around longer than everyone else who arrived at the same time. Right. Sure. I think so often the issue that faces us for becoming what we know we should be, accomplishing our dreams, is just keep going. And then he didn't look mm. at being a carpenter and fixing doors and those things. He didn't look at that as, well, I've, I've lost my dream. He used that, a job, to make an income and then continued working after his dream. And there are some times, Brian, that we just do what we have to do right then to get everything working for us. It, it, it might be a job at a hardware company and that's not your future. Right. But you do it because that's yeah. what you have to do. You know, I I, uh, I actually, <laughs> this is funny. When Judy and I first got married and I knew what I, you know, had a inkling and desire to get into media and marketing, which we eventually did. In order to make ends meet, Friday night, I worked as a carpenter during the week. And then Friday night and Saturday, I worked in a, uh, a roadside uh, vegetable stand. And I sold stuff that I had no idea <laughs> what they were. And people would ask me, well, does this go together? And I go, yeah, I think I think that would be awesome. <laughs> these greens, what about okay. these greens? Fantastic. Oh, yeah. The best. <laughs> but, you know, you, did, I, you do what you got to do. I've worked as a garbage man. Yeah. Uh, I've thrown garbage cans. Oh, yeah. um, worked in a roadside, yeah. you know, vegetable stand. And, and then we just stayed after never, never give, never give up, never give up. Is that, is that story? I mean, I, I'll, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I'll tell you a, a quick story after nine 11, our, our family, my wife and I, and our two kids lived in lower Manhattan and we lived about a block and a half, two blocks from the world trade center. And on nine 11, when, when we went to work that day, we took our kids to school that day. We didn't return home for four months. Wow. So imagine, imagine walking out of your home in the morning to just run an errand wow. and not coming home for four yeah. months, right? Literally, that's yeah. the whole, that what happened to everybody. That yeah, day. Steve and Mel, our dear so, friends, the Hickson, same thing. So we, we end up, it's a longer story that we have, end up in a, in a hotel and the company I'm working for shuts down. Wow. And now we're homeless living in a hotel. In a hotel. Wow. Yeah. The easy thing would have been just to say, oh, this is, I'm done. I, I, I mean, I mean that for those of you who remember that, those, those months and days, uh, it's like nothing this United States yeah. has ever, well, I mean, in recent history experience, yeah. but my, my wife, cause our wives are the smart ones. My wife <laughs> said, you know, you've got a Rolodex, you've done, you've had a, you have a career, you've done really well, get on the phone, let's get going. And wow. in that hotel room, I used the little computer they gave us in the hotel room and I started up 
my uh, digital agency. And, you know, here we are 20 years later and it's led to all sorts of, you know, really miraculous things. That's but amazing. Cause you built a, a really, to give up. Yeah, you built a really large agency there in, in New York out of that. I didn't realize it came out of that yeah. crisis. Wow. It, it came out of the uh, room 524 oh at this really? hotel in, in the Columbus Circle area. Oh, my. But uh, well, I've never been in a situation, Paul, when I've been so, I mean, they were, man, they, they, we didn't know which way it was yeah. going. You, you, for a couple of days, you couldn't even use an ATM machine. I mean, th- things were down. Yeah. So how do you, how do you not give up? How do you have this, the, the, the feeling of, of wanting to keep going and endurance when you're in a situation that can be so, that situation is mine, but there's people listening who have similar situations that are very important to them. Well, and, and, and the fact on? is, is that those things, you know, you talk about doing a plank, you know, uh, exercise doing 10 seconds, yeah. but I think that scales. I think that scales to every part of our life. And what Judy and I did, we were, we had gotten into media. We had moved back to the East coast. We were in Hartford, Connecticut. We knew we weren't called to stay there, but we didn't know where to go when the station changed ownership. And we're, we're in a little apartment in a place we'd never lived before. We were out of California. And uh, I turned to Psalm, I was reading through the Psalms, and I turned to Psalm 46 and says, God is your refuge. He said he is there. The Bible says he is there no matter what's happening. It says even if the oceans are roaring, essentially the sky's falling, everything's going to hell. God is there. Mm-hmm. He's in the middle of it. And it says, be still and know that I am God. Well, I took that right. be still as, as an action point. And it's exactly what you did, Brian. I took that be still to mean to me, do what you know to do. And I didn't know what to do because we're basically out of a job. We've got nowhere to go. So I called a friend of mine I had met in New York named John Cardoza, who was producing a show called The 700 Club. And John said, well, you know, I got saved when I came to Christ. It was, I was an actor in Hollywood and there was a little FM station and there's a guy named Paul Crouch who has, who was the manager of that. And he's just now starting a TV thing. He says, I'll, 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 uh, call him. He says, because we became friends and he was starting something called the Trinity broadcasting network. The end of the story is we became the third employee of what is now the largest Christian network around the world. And, you know, all I did was see, I think Brian, that the answer to most people's issues is in another person. And that person's usually not in their closest friendships. It's the next level. I agree. And I think when we talk about it, when we'll uh, speak of things and, and not from a whining perspective, but from a, Hey, I've got, it's like you with your Rolodex. If anybody knows what a Rolodex is, <laughs> yeah, I have to explain, explain what it is. It would be your contact it's list. Yeah. yeah. So, but here you have a contact list and you start calling and some of these people are tertiary relationships. And all of a sudden one guy says, yeah, we do need your help. Yes, we need. And, mm-hmm. and Brian, maybe sometimes it's just making the next phone call. Maybe sometimes yeah. endurance is, is just getting up in the morning and do what we've talked in another podcast, get up and read the word, get up and get your heart right. And in fact, if, you, if somebody's between a job right now, get up as if you have a job, get up, get going, keep your mind alert. 
my dad had a friend uh, years ago who was in transition. And um, uh, so on a Friday, he's, he's out of work. And on Monday morning, he gets up, he gets his, got a briefcase and got his backpack or whatever it was. And his wife says, what are you doing? He says, I am going to keep that same intensity as if I have a job. Because then it's when really I get true. one, I'll be ready to go. Do you know, hey, yeah. check this out. There was, you know, we have so many great stories of men who have done great things. But how many of them really finished well? Gideon. Gideon had this huge awakening. He's this young teenager. He tears down the altars of Baal, all this stuff. Gideon's army, the 300 that defeats 30,000, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, amazing start, becomes the leader of Israel, but he had a terrible finish. He, he started well, but he didn't finish well. In fact, when he finished, the day he died, Israel went back after Baal. And just because you have a passion at the start doesn't mean you'll have a purpose at the finish. So it really has to be about your purpose, not just, hey, I want to do this, but what's the purpose of my life? What am I about? There's another guy. I met this man, Brian, and I know you know him, David Wilkerson. Oh, yeah, sure. Remember David Wilkerson? Uh, mm -hmm. had the Times Square Church yeah. and yeah. Cross and Switchblade Teen Challenge. I met him when I was a kid. He came to he came to my eighth grade class when I was a little kid. My dad brought him. My dad and he became friends at a very young age. But he was a pastor of a little church in Pennsylvania. Okay, he sees in in a magazine called Life Magazine at the time. He sees the photos of these teenage gangs going to jail in New York City. In fact, this particular picture he saw was in Brooklyn. So in 1958, he goes to New York. It's a longer story. It's in a book called Crossing the Switchblade. But he just begins to preach Jesus to these kids in the streets. 1963, he writes the book Crossing the Switchblade, 50 million copies around the world. Starts a church in 87, but he started something called the Teen Challenge Center. And it's, it's around the world even today. Here's a guy that finished well because he didn't stop. See, what you do in life be can become history, but what you put into motion, that's your legacy. Let's take a quick break. And uh, I want to uh, mention to our audience that uh, um, it's time we, we give away something, Paul. I think that sounds good. Let's, you know, we're not supposed to though, right? I think we should. I think it was against the rules. I think we should. Uh, but let's do let's, it. Um, if, if you'd like to uh, learn more about, about what we're talking about today, um, Paul, we've got a book called The Seven Habits. You want to talk a little bit about this? And, and, and let's tell people. How Seven Habits That Build Spiritual Endurance. It's what we're talking about. Seven Habits That Build Spiritual Endurance. And it's an e-book. Uh, we wrote this. Basically, there's six or seven areas, seven habits that will cause you to live a life that does endure and become successful. And uh, so they could just write to us. And uh, we'll actually send them a copy for free. Uh, yeah. Online, so write write to e Paul P A U L at C M N dot men. That's Paul at C M N Christian Men's Network dot men, and we'll pick. Uh, let's do pick ten. We'll pick ten people, and uh, the first ten that write in, we will send you a copy of this book. And of course, if you'd like to know more about some of the resources CMN has to offer, they're all available on the resources page at CMN dot men. You know, I think if, if one is going through some tough times and, and they really do believe that the Bible was 
was inspired and, and, and written and came from God. If you look to Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. So if you genuinely mm. do believe and you are a Christ follower, you know, if you go back to the Bible, he says it right there. Listen, I, I've got you. I know what's going to happen. And um, uh, there have been so many times in, in my life and my wife's life when we sit in a situation, I don't see the way out. There's no, there's no way. And you kind of mm-hmm. have to ground yourself and go back to that and say, no. In fact, it, there's that, that, uh, you know, that sand, what's the one, the little picture with the sand, the footsteps in the sand and, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but there were only one set of footprints. Yeah. But if you look back in your life, in my life, there are dozens of instances where now that I look back, I can see God had it the whole time. There's never a question. You know, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, the, the interesting thing about that, when you go to that picture, and that's Jeremiah, prophet in old Israel, the first covenant, the Old Testament. And he says, uh, under writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, uh, for I know the plans I have for you. Isn't that the way it starts? I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts right. I have for you, right? Right. And it's yeah. as if God's saying, listen, there's a yeah. lot of people talking about you. There's a lot of people telling you what God's like. There's a lot of people telling you what you should do. There's, he says, but I know they don't know. But guess what? I know. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know the thoughts I have for you. You know, yeah, there was a, a, see, the thing that promise. really hit me. Yeah. yeah, it's a simple promise, but man, it's something to hold on to. And we have to have something like that, Brian. You know, the, the thing is for me, when I look at it, I go, okay, where do I want, what do I want? You know, I started with, you know, these grave markers. What do I want somebody to say about me? My grand, I have grandchildren now. I'm old enough to have grandchildren. And what do I want my grandkids to say about me years from when I'm gone? How about, you know, he loved me unconditionally and he finished well. See, J. Robert Clinton, uh, Dr. Clinton wrote a book called The Making of a Leader in 1988. They followed it up years later. They studied 1,300 major leaders in the Bible and in culture, Christian leaders. And what they came up with surprised them. They said that only 30% of the men in the Bible and the Christian leaders they studied, only 30% finished strong. Mm-hmm. Only 30% finished well. Wow. And I look at that and I say, you know, okay, 100% of those guys thought they would finish well, but only 30% did. And what it meant was some tipped over, some just, if you will, coasted into the end of their lives, didn't really finish strong. And I, I believe that part of what I do, you're talking about the next 10 seconds. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like this. Muscles don't happen overnight. You know, you go to the gym, and of course, the first of the year, every year, you know, the, the gym is just packed. packed. And, uh, everybody wants, but they don't stay with it. There's no endurance, and mm-hmm. because they want results, but results are always uh, the the effect. Of, the result is the effect of time, effort, planning, stamina, sp- emotional, and spiritual muscles need the same thing. So the large victories are always a result of a series of small decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to talk about running. Philippians, Paul said this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Give me the running thing. It's, wait, it's wait, wait, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here we go. Here we go. Paul said this. Uh, First Corinthians, he said, 
He said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I, might, I myself might be disqualified. Mm. Philippians 3, he says, I press on. He says, I haven't already obtained. And he was famous by this time, done a bunch of stuff. He said, but I haven't finished everything. I press on to take hold of that prize for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, running goes with that. Yeah, you did it right. Two things. I'm not sure how this relates. You, you can't just go out and run a marathon. So in 2019, uh, I ran uh, three marathons. That's 26.2 miles or 42 kilometers. Wow. And uh, each time I finished strong. You don't want to be the guy or gal walking through the finish line. For some reason, yeah. you, you sum it up. Well, but that didn't just happen. No, no, but... You had been working on well, it. Well, and that's the other thing. You can't just get out there and that's a that's a that's a crazy distance. Right. And you can't just uh, decide I'm gonna wake up today and run a marathon. There's months of training that goes into that. Um so you know, you, you there must be something there, Paul. You can't you can't just uh um but but the feeling of accomplishment to cross that line and get that that little medal. Yeah. Um you know, it's, 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 it's an amazing feeling I've never felt before. You know, but you had a focus and the focus was to finish the race and focus. When we focus our lives, it brings uh, direction. It helps you make decisions. Uh, it enlarges your life, gives you depth. I, I even believe that right now a man could say, or a woman could say, I am going to finish strong. There you go. And the key is, cause we live in, we live in a world that's uh, particularly in the Western culture that's kind of run by quarterly, you know, profits and, you know, what's just happened this week. And Jesus came, <laughs> this is really something, Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, not the Prince of Panic. He was never in a panic. It's a good word. Yeah. I mean, the disciples were because they were just learning the rhythms of his life. Now, I think there's times that we have to just stop and say, I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to go. I'm going to stop right now, get to a place of peace, if you will, center my life. I'm going to read something in Psalms to give me courage, something in Proverbs to give me wisdom. Uh, or frankly, for that matter, I'm going to get on the phone and call Sean, my buddy, and have him pray for me. Mm -hmm. There you go. I mean, right at that point, just... That's why brotherhood is so important because finishing well never happens alone. But it, but it has to do with purpose. And focus isn't about trying harder. Focus is never about greater intensity. It's about greater intentionality. And we talk a little bit about that in the seven habits that build spiritual endurance, um, the free ebook that somebody can get uh, right now, the first 10. But focus, focus, when you thought about finishing, Brian, let me ask you something. When you were halfway through that, and your and your body is saying, "You know, you idiot, stop." What was it that kept you going? It it's honestly, uh, I ran New York Marathon in November of 2019, and when you're 10, 12, 13 miles in, there's two things that kept me going. You know, one is is the drive to finish. And, and be a finisher to complete the task of which I've trained. Number two, it's the people along the side who are clapping and cheering and saying, mm -hmm. go, um, wow. you know, here's a little, here's a little runner tip for you guys who gals who run, um, take a little name tag, put on the front of your shirt and put your name on it. 
Because what happens is as you're running, people will look your name and say, go, Brian, go. <laughs> and, and I'm getting <laughs> a arrested, idea. emotional because people That's see they, all throughout New York, Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, they're like, go, Brian, go. And having those people cheer you on, that, that, that kind of quasi accountability was, was incredible. And then, and then, you know, and how did that, how did that flow over into your spiritual life? So there's a physical thing. How did that, how did that drive for endurance, the desire to finish? How did that play into all of your life? Well, that's, that's a, that's really a tough question. I'm not sure I'll answer that, Paul. Um, You know, I think it's, it's the, the desire to, to be a, uh, be the best father I can be, uh, the best husband. There you go. Um, and, uh, um, integrity in business, you know, keeping, keeping my word in business and, uh, treating people with respect. And, and, uh, um, there's been, there's been times, even the real recent future, recent past where people have said there's, um, two days ago, someone stopped me on the road and we were running <laughs> and he, he said, well, he, you know, I've, uh, I know that faith is really important to you. I can see that. And, uh, I've been thinking a lot about faith in my life, you know, and, uh, I'm not sure what that means, but, uh, I think people see, people will see that come out of you. Yeah. You know, James chapter one says, enduring the trials of life gives you strength. Hebrews 10, the writer wrote verse 35 and 36. He says, don't throw away your confidence for you need endurance you need endurance to finish, but our confidence is trusting God. Mm-hmm. So your your sense of "Hey, I can do this" came out, came out in the way of being a better father. I can do this. I can finish this. And First John five four, write this down. First John chapter five verse four says this: New Living Translation it says, "Every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through faith." What you were just talking about. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So when we talk about endurance, it's this sense of God's got this. I can do this. I can go through the next 10 seconds. And frankly, there are some of us right now who the next 10 seconds could be pretty tough or the next phone call. One of the things that I've uh, practiced in my life is uh, and talking about phone calls is I make the toughest phone call the first thing in my day. Hmm. I just, I just, you know, let's just get this thing done yeah. and, and lower the anxiety in my life. There's enough stress without that. And I that's think true. that that's uh, that kind of fuel, you know, prayer, uh, intimacy yeah. with God, uh, do the tough thing, go after it. Uh, don't let fear overwhelm you. Go after faith. The 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 what defeats fear is faith, and that's what gives us endurance. We could go on, but unfortunately, our time has come to an end. Paul, sorry. We want to, we want to wow. we want to send any the first ten people who email Paul at cmn man will send you a uh, a thank you and an ebook of uh, a seven habits book, and we'll get that we'll get that to you. Uh, for more resources, you can always go to cmn.men and uh, con- there's a contact us area. We would love to be helpful helpful for you in some way or another. Um, Paul, just let's just take a quick moment and, and pray for our, for our listeners and then I'll, I'll close it out. Yeah, Father, I do thank you for my friend right now. And I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus to 
to bring 1 Corinthians alive, that sense of internal commitment, that sense that you're there. Psalm 46, we're going to walk through this. James 1, endurance will build strength. Father, build our endurance, I pray. I thank you for your grace and mercy, your, the anointing of your presence. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the salvation that we have. And Father, for a friend right now who's listening and says, I don't even know if that's real in my life. I pray, Father, right now as we pray, that sense of peace, that sense of uh, what Brian talked about. For I know the thoughts I have for you, not for your destruction, but to give you a hope and a future. We hold on to that, and we will never quit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever popular podcasts are given away for free. I would say sold. <laughs> given away for free. Yeah. We, we, wherever it's, you it's, get it's your totally podcasts. Um, yeah. Wherever you get wherever it, you that's get where it. Brave Men is. Yeah. And uh, please tell a friend that we'd love to uh, hear from you. So drop us a note, paul at cmn.man that goes directly to Paul Cole. And we may read your feedback on a future podcast. For Paul Cole, I'm Brian Boyd. We'll see you next Thanks, time. Thanks, Brian. Keep running. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men. <laughs>